Welcome everybody to No BS with Brian and Susan. It's February 20th, almost the end of February. We have a wonderful show of No BS with you where we're talking about The Bachelor. We're talking about our blind watch. We're talking about our main event in honorable mentions. And I have to ask the co-hostess with the mostess, Susan, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, warm outside, which is crazy because it was freezing cold for a while there. Uh, Saturday was super cold, but uh, I'm good. I'm excited for the show. I'm excited, too. Uh, it is a little warm outside in Dallas, Texas. It's almost 80 degrees today in February, which I love. I don't I need it say, 20 degrees. Brian's favorite. I, I'd love it if we'd uh, crank it down to 50. That's my ideal. That's too cold, Susan. No, it's too hot now. It's too cold. Well, maybe I just have like a ton of body hair and I just feel like I always have a coat on. So <laughs> I'm always warm, right? But so, so you're just used to it. You're just used to the heat. So, so just, you should want it. You should want it to be colder. <laughs> but I like the warm. I feel like I've turned into like a cat or something. I'm just too hot. I'm just, I like it hot. I like it warm. It's weird. It is. It's weird. <laughs> we're going to have fun today, Susan, because we're going to talk about all of this great thing, our blind watch, which is excision, our main event, which is movies that's going to make us sick and gross and throw up. Ew. But before all of that grooviness, it's The Bachelor with Zach. Susan, there's been three or four episodes, mm -hmm. and I must say, I like Zach. What do you think? I like him too. His one criticism right now is that he's boring. So I want to first start on that because I actually don't agree. I don't agree that he's, he might be a little like, look, he's not like super goofy, but at the same time, what I've learned with the bachelor is they're not trying to show us his goofy side necessarily. If it comes up, whatever they're trying to show, they want us to get to know him and they want us to get to know the women and the love stories. So that doesn't, that's what keeps me entertained. I'm not bored by him at all. I find him super entertaining because he gives, he's giving me the season that I've been waiting for since Ben Higgins season. Like, I don't know. I don't do you think, find him boring? Bo no, boring's not the right word. You know who was boring? Yeah. Matt. Well, okay. But Matt's a perfect example, right? He was boring on the show. But if you follow him on Instagram, that dude is a goofball. Him and Rachel who are still together, they like make silly videos. They are goofing around all the time. They showed none of that, none of that on the show. I was like, where was this? They even, I thought Rachel was boring. I was like, man, she's a snooze. Girls goofy as ever. So I'm like, uh, that's on the show. If they don't show like the thing, or maybe some people just are camera shy and they don't want to show their goofy side on camera. That's so, that's so strange to me because like, why do it that way? And, like, even Clayton was boring to me in most parts. Like, Clayton was boring, and I think he's a boring guy. Sorry. Right, nice guy, right. But yeah, I think he was boring, too. But I don't think Zach's boring. And I think, you know, going through it and why people say he's boring, because get it, everybody, 
this is a reality show. A lot of it is scripted for real. And you are seeing 88 minutes a week of something that probably has, you know, a hundred hours of footage. So they're taking these things and then they're showing these like formulaic sequences of, you know, shit like on dates where you're supposed to open up and it's like, I'm so vulnerable. I was abused. And like, what is he going to do? Is he going to be goofy in that moment? No, you can't, even though you want to be. And then he's like, remember Zach and you, you have to kiss at least five times, you know, like get it in. So, you know, I put myself in this situation because I'm just like, I'm goofy as fuck, I think. And I don't know if bachelor producers would know what to do with me. <laughs> that, that's the thing. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, people are so critical in that. And I'm like, I don't think we need to be like, it, it depends what your definition of boring is. The show cannot win because if they show too much drama, then they're bullying and they're focusing on bullying and it's not, it's not about the love story. So Zach's boring because he's finally showing us what we what the show is meant to be about love like women like that we get to know like so for me i think it's the opposite i don't think he's boring and i do agree with you exactly what you said they've only got like you said 88 minutes however long to show and the stuff they're showing the the one goofy side we're gonna see is probably the group dates or when they're doing like the and, and they did this last episode when him and cat were on the boat they were showing them dancing on the boat and being a little goofy and stuff like that they i think it's hard to like force that you don't want to like uh stage a goofy moment you kind of just want to let that come up organically and when you're on a show like this for a purpose to find your wife you're kind like if it comes out cool but yeah he's having these serious conversations women talking about their insecurities and past it's not really the time to be like let me make a joke (laughs) so Right. That's that's the that's the deal. And so, you know, like Big Brother. Big Brother is they they show it three times a week. It's filmed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but you only see those three hours a week. So, mm-hmm. but they also have the live feeds and they also have like a big brother after dark where you might be able to like see the goofier moments, the more risque moments. Yeah. Why hasn't Bachelor done that? Why hasn't Bachelor made like a YouTube series or an online thing where you can see like these little moments of funny or like the other side of like not the serious stuff you see on TV so that you can get both sides if somebody wants, Um, which I think would go a long way. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't know about that though. I feel like the girls wouldn't like that because it's like, they didn't sign up to be big brother. They signed up to find love. Correct. Why? But at the end of every episode, they kind of do like during the credits, kind of like those sillier moments. They do the the stuff. So they could technically do that once a week or like something like that, where Mm -hmm. they have like a blooper reel or like just some of the realer conversations are showing like behind the date type of thing. You know, like yeah. some of the the more tender moments or something like that, or even sillier moments that they didn't show on TV. And I think that would give a more realistic approach to the fantasy of The Bachelor, because I get it. It is a fantasy. They're in the mansion. They're going traveling. And they always yeah. talk about when we're back in the real world, is it going to work? So I think it would give an element of realness or genu- genuine genuinicity um made up a word there i guess i I agree i think their closest thing i don't know if you've noticed this with the few paradises you've watched but i feel like we get the more real personalities when they go to paradise because paradise shows them 
they're more they're not trying to they're just more lounging that's when the girls don't wear any makeup they're just kind of chilling and i feel like we get to see the real them a well, lot more it, that's true because a it's like half and half it's not one verse 30 it is like mm -hmm. 10 against 10 basically or 15 against right. 15 they're on the beach they are kind of surviving you know kind of like um slumming it kind of thing because they're yeah. not in a mansion they're like there's like bugs everywhere they're sleeping bugs, in like no ac no ac like so like it's bonding it's like more casual uh so i get it with that aspect and i think you do get people let their guards down more on a beach because you yeah. have the camaraderie of girls you have the camaraderie of guys and then you see it like they're on dates, but then a lot of the times, oh, the guys are over here, the girls are over here, they're all and they they have that um that backup, that support. Um, yeah. so yes, I agree. I think pa paradise is a little better, but Zach being boring, no, yeah. I don't I don't no. think that's the right word. I think right. he's shooting straight. Yeah, he's honest as fuck right now. And, and yes, and I, I say I guess I won't go ahead of myself, but I I, I don't think I don't think he's boring. I think so far, obviously it's early. I think this is I think we've seen four episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but so far, this is he has the potential to be one of the best bachelors right now because this is one of the better seasons. This is really, I mean, like I said, Sean Lowe, Ben Higgins. I think Jason Mesnick was really good. But I think Zach might be, and there's been what, like 28 seasons or something? I think Zach's the way he's headed, because I really respect he is no BS. And I think uh, in comparison to the last couple of other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. I didn't think about that. Um, but yeah, like, I just think that he knows what he wants. And that's we haven't seen that in a bachelor in a long time where this dude knows what he's looking for in a future wife. So he actually gives me hope that the person he picks his final girl in the end knocking on wood for this guy but that he might actually last with her and i don't know if that's a big that could be a big if but just the way he's playing it is somebody who seems like he's being serious i mean do you get that vibe from the last couple like he's pretty taking it really seriously yeah i th i think like again like we said last episode i think every bachelor or bachelorette comes in with like a certain trait and his is upfront honesty because he does not want to lead anybody on like he uh -huh. was let on so he is it, it seems like he is definitely looking for the love of his life it seems like he's being upfront with who he doesn't like or who he wants to see all is good right now yes yes all, all is good right now so as of the last episode a couple people left yeah got a lot of people leaving <laughs> so what do you think about that I think it's great. I know some people would, because, okay, so we saw, obviously we saw Christina Lee. We talked about that last time. Um, but I know there was controversy about him sending Bailey home because she was an early favorite, the one that he, like, kissed, like, right first person he kissed out of the limo. And she just kind of went up to him and said it was a surprise to everybody. But if I'm noticing, if you go up to Zach, two things he doesn't like, drama, which is very rare. We do not see that. Usually the producers get the lead to keep the drama around. He doesn't yep. want it. Yep. He don't want no drama. And if you go up to him and you're like, 
I've been feeling like our connection hasn't been as great lately or we're slipping. Then you might've just sent yourself home. <laughs> you might've just pretty much made Zach aware that he has forgotten about you and he has stronger connection with other women and he's going to send you home too. No, that's true. I think that's what it is. And Pete bachelor single ladies beware, I guess that's what you call them. Or are they bachelorettes? I don't know what you call them. Bachelorettes. They're bad. I mean, I'm here for it. I love it. We're down to 11 women right now. And that's great. There's still dead weight that I could easily. There's like Seriously. So we have to talk about, we have to talk about the issue with Kylie. Oh, okay. Postpartum nurse. So we, before we get with the, well, which part of it do you want to start with the, her going up to Anastasia and asking to take him away or just what she, I want to talk about the whole thing. Because first, can we talk about, cause I don't, I'm glad he sent Anastasia home. I did not like her. Um, I don't think he cared for her regardless of the drama. And that was very telling when she tried to kiss him with the limbo. Yep. I was like, this dude's not into her. He's not into her at all. And his body language is very telling too. Cause when she pulled him aside, he was just kind of being friendly. You could tell he did not want to kiss. Her. I mean, he didn't kiss her. So he was like, I don't want this to turn into a makeout. But um, yeah, Kylie going up. Well, first we can just talk about the thing. This is for, and this, and this kind of sealed my deal with Anastasia. But when Kylie went up and said, can I steal you? And she was like, and she just said like, come on, Anastasia. I, I don't want to fight you on this. I just, can I take him please? And then Anastasia proceeds to go to the other women and say, oh, she said she didn't want to fight me, like physically fight me. And I got scared. Like, I don't want to get in a physical altercation. It's like, girl, any person would know she did not mean I I don't want to beat you up over this. Like that to me was like, that just tells me what kind of person Anastasia is. To spin that and try to go to all the women and say Kylie wanted to like fight me that was dumb. Yeah, no, it was so blown out of proportion. And I was just watching it. And it's like, wait, is this what they're doing? Did, was this like a ploy by the producers? Are they hamming it up? Like, because yeah, any real person would be like, yeah, I'm going to fight you. And I, I think my response, if I was in that situation, okay, are we going to like thumb war it? We're going to paper, rock, scissors for it. You know, something funny like that. Sure. But like, you knew that she didn't actually mean. Right. Like, exactly. Wanna, she meant like, I don't want to like verbally go back and forth. I don't want to go back and forth with you about this. That's all right. she meant. And it was so, and she's also, she's so timid the whole time she's trying. She's literally like, can I please like that's how she's saying it she's not even like confident about it she's like I don't like this like please just let me take him yeah so, and then yeah. so that ha- that it blew up and it was all crazy and then Kylie man uh she is uh she played chess in this game in this she, moment she's she was like, you going to try to do me dirty like that. I'm about to throw you under the bus. That's what that was. She can deny all she wants, but she was pissed that Anastasia tried to make her look like she wanted to fight her. So she didn't like Anastasia anymore. And so she decided this is her opportunity to call out Anastasia with the followers remark. Yeah. the fo- Yeah. Which when you're doing that and I would, and I would be like, 
in that situation when Anastasia said that, of like, why even say shit like that? But it was like yeah. probably a joke, like, oh, I guess if we're not picked, we just get the followers, I guess, whatever, huh? Uh, but it's just something you don't say because you know that's going to come back and bite you. Because I don't very, think, yeah. I would just, I think it's stupid. She, I believe charity and I believe, and she admitted, I mean, Anastasia admit that she said it. She just well, yeah. said that she was taken out of context, which I believe. I totally agree. It was probably a joke. It's probably just one of those things like, oh, but to Zach's credit, I mean, that's what that's fearful. Why are you? Why is that in your mind? Why do you look? There's no way. Everyone knows that that's like that's like Voldemort. You don't say that. You don't say you don't say I can be the next bachelorette, bachelorette. And you don't say like for followers, like it's just you just don't bring that up. You can think it, but don't say it out loud. Agreed. Agreed. So. We have that. So we had Anastasia go home. Who else did we have go home? Um, that last week was Anastasia. Uh, was it Genevieve? Was that it? Was Genevieve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Genevieve, the girl who broke her arm. Uh huh. And everyone's like, "What's up with the cast?" And Davia, who uh, the, again, she sealed her fate when she pulled Zach aside. And said, I felt like we had a great connection, and then we were slipping away, and then he kissed her. But I think he kissed her and he realized, yep, this is nothing. <laughs> yeah, don't feel sparks here. No, but Kylie was freaking out that she was going to go home. And I was like getting so annoyed. I honestly wanted her to go home. <laughs> I, Me too. I was like, please send her home. Please send her home. Please send her home. Because I was, I, I really was. And I was like upset that he didn't. Because like <laughs> this bitch was trying to go home before the rose ceremony and like not even giving him a chance. And I was like, wait, what? Please don't pick her. Like, she's making a deal of it. Yeah. Why would you not even, like, stay to see it through? But also, I was just like, girl, if you're freaking out. Well, I didn't even understand her freak out. Like, you had to know. She felt bad for having Anastasia go home. And I was like, what did you think was going to happen when you told him that? You had intent behind that. There was intent, for sure. Yeah. You didn't just say that so that he could talk to Anastasia and then patch things up. No, you you got exactly what you wanted out of that and you felt bad about it. You felt guilty. Yeah. And you're freaking out. You feel like, oh crap, I'm guilty of this. And now he's going to send me home and it's going to make me feel worse about it. So Kylie is scary. Huh? Kylie is scary. Oh, you think she's, how oh, she's scary? Well, with her doing all that, she's like, I'm going to... I'm going to do this. She, she played chess. Like she, she like moved the pieces around to get Anastasia in that position and it worked in her favor. Now, like she, she played like, you know, she was guilty. I'm victim, you know, whatever. And yeah. it's like, I'm going to go home. I'm into so- the victim. Yeah. yeah, she did. She turned into it's a scary. victim. Which I was like, it's scary. If it's definitely not my favorite personality because I'm like, just own it. You know, like you don't see charity over there freaking out because she told which but charity has a clean conscience because she didn't bring it up zach asked her about it so it's kind of like she's not going to worry about that but why are you freaking out i just don't she's not going to last i would be shocked if she makes it past tonight because that's like i said i mean there's i i don't know if we're at that point if you want to get but i i could in my mind i could predict the top six because i feel like there's five girls i'd be shocked were if they'd make it to the top six but okay i still really like gabby me too and i I still really like Allie. 
Really? Still okay. like Allie. Yeah. Those are my top. Those are my top two right now. Allie's in your top two. I little. I liked her, even though she she was like weird on that date a little bit. I still liked her. Uh, oh, and I like you know who I like. I like um I like Brooklyn. Okay. I like the she rodeo. Great, I cried. I cried from her. Oh really? I found out her. Well, her story was so sad. I can't stand. It just broke my heart that she was in a relationship like that. When she yeah. said she got woken up. After yeah. being unconscious from the cops, I was like, "Oh no, that's yeah, that awful. sucks." That's and I good. and I like Katie from Austin. Okay, I like Katie a lot. So you're wait, so you're not a fan of Cat? His other his boat date? Um, is that um is that Catherine or is that? Oh no, that's Cat. Yeah. Cat. Cat. Uh, Catherine. They're the same person. Yes. Yes. Well, not not the girl. Not the cat. That's like a dancer. She oh, was already no, voted no, no. off. She already got off. Yeah, yeah Catherine right. from Tampa. Catherine. Yeah, I liked her enough, but I didn't like her as much as Katie, Gabby, or a- I like Allie for some reason, damn it. I don't know why. And I, I like Brooklyn so more too. Brooklyn grew on me, but I think, okay, I'm be real with Brooklyn. I like her, but if she didn't say that story and opened up, I don't think there'd be much of a connection there because I think she was a little... Maybe it's just still getting over that relationship, but I think she was so guarded that she didn't really show too much of herself or we didn't see it. It just, if she was a little like blank for me until she opened up at dinner about the past. Okay. Do do you think that if these girls or guys open up vulnerable such like that, is there ever a time that like the person across the table is like, you still don't get a rose? (laughs) Um, I've, I, I know there's been times that the girl just still didn't get the rose on the one-on-one. There's been plenty of those. Right. But it'd be really hard for me. I have to think back on the, the, what they opened up about. I don't think if they did open up, it was anything never that serious. Yeah. Right. Um, But yeah. So I would think it'd be something kind of like surface level if they did. But I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Katie might be my number one right now only because I do like her. I, I liked her in this last episode. because She was like comforting too. She seems like she's really sweet. Right. Um, I like that she's from Austin, Texas. And so is he. So I just feel like if they were to get together, you guys already live in the same city. That's like such a thing. But I also, I really liked her, their date. I think that was the first time we saw Zach's goofy side when they were running in the museum together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked her just saying, I think it's really sweet how she just said, I just want a basic, like, good guy, like the bare minimum or whatever. And his response to that, how you deserve more than that. It's just something that was really sweet with them, too. And I could tell he liked her a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of Gabby. I'm with you. I Something's really endearing about her. She's so genuine. Gabby's the girl I'd want to be friends with out mm-hmm. of everybody. She just is, like, my kind of, like, I just... I feel like I really like her. I, I can't, she's getting a one-on-one tonight. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. Um, I like Catherine. I do. Uh, I think he likes her a lot. So I, and I think she's beautiful. I like her. Oh, I like charity. I like charity a lot. So um, you like charity. I like charity, but she is not my favorite. Like, I don't she's know. There's probably something in my top four. Really? So she just yeah. seems, she just, she seems odd to me. I don't know what she, it is. She does talk a little weird. I noticed she had kind of talks like this sometimes. Like, okay. Without the lips weird. touching. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she it's talks like with she her teeth. 
she talks with her teeth and so she'll be like <laughs> she does that watch she goes like, so I do see that and she'll do this my friend like my friend Holly she mentioned she'll like kind of also like talk like like tilt her head down <laughs> so it might be like the way she talks but she is I just like her I think she's sweet I I'm a big fan of her job so I think like that's my top Gabby, Katie, Catherine, and, and um, Charity might be my favorite four. But I do really, I do like Brooklyn. I think she's cool. I like Brooklyn a lot. I think her job's awesome. And I like Ariel grew on me in this last episode. You know, Ariel. Ariel yes, yes, yes. She's got kind of like a Burnett. Yeah, I like her too. The, the one from New York. Yes. Um, she grew on me in the last episode because so far she just, I wasn't crazy about her at first, but so far she seems like she's not, I mean, not trying to get in drama. It's early. She could later, but I like the way she's been trying to like seek out Zach when there is drama. She talks very like, she always asks him how he's doing and checking on him and stuff. So I, I think that's really cool. I think that's everyone I care for. Uh, I don't know how much longer Greer is going to stay there. Girl who got first impression. Yeah, rose. I don't, I don't like Greer. I do not I like, like Greer. Her. I don't like Greer. I don't like her when he gave her a rose on the first impression. I was like, why would you give her the first impression? I, I didn't either. And I think we talked about this. And I was like, yeah. I bet you he gave her the first impression because she said she's in Austin. And yes. that's what she, it was. She said she, she would, she's not even in. She's in New York. She said Austin's my end goal, which I thought was weird that she said that anyways. I was like, you're just telling him that because you know that's what he wants to hear. Yeah, that, that was weird. You be, yeah. I don't care for her. And also, I know some people like her, but Jess, the girl who wears like the body glitter all the time. Yes. Brian, tell me if she does not look like Jan Levinson to you, because that is all I see is Jan freaking Levinson. Jan Levinson from The Office? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That is her. <laughs> I can't. And she'll like, she'll wear her hair slipped back a lot. So I'm like, dude, you look like Jan. I can't unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like her and i feel like but she's like jan when jan had like no mind and was like 22 or whatever old. she feels she feels her and greer feel like the babies of the show so i can't with them they feel like he's got so many mature women and then those two are the little girls in my yeah. opinion for sure for sure so who are the top two you want to stay tonight on tonight's episode if you had to pick two to stay automatically okay it would be katie and gabby those are my top two i think i i honestly i think that would be mine too katie and gabby okay all right yeah i i i want to like ally more but she i was so excited on her date until the end of it and i also know how these editing works the fact that we're not seeing very much of ally and zach together it's just very telling that she's probably going to go home soon okay it might but be. I could be wrong. It's just kind of my experience with this show. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to a Gabby one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, it's been a good show so far. I'm glad there isn't dumb Queen Victoria drama type stuff exactly. or anything like that. So mm -hmm. Zach's doing well. All right. I like that. Bachelor. We'll have more on Bachelor next episode. Yes. Um, so now on to our main event of No BS podcast. February 20th style. My mm -hmm. blind watch pick this week was a movie called Excision. And upon watching it, um, 
it is a fairly graphic body horror movie <laughs> and it's gross. And we're going to get into that. So we are going to talk about movies that have made us dry heave, that made us gag, that make us <laughs> thick to watch, that make us uneasy, that are just really awkward and weird to watch, that just, mm -hmm. just make us gross out, that make us want to vomit, um, which is very difficult for me because I have a very high time. I was going to say, that's why I was interested about this, because I was like, what grosses you out for real? I might gag during this discussion, but you, <laughs> like, you don't even get grossed out by anything. Brian in any like movie ever is arms crossed, stone face, maybe a chuckle if it's funny. Which is weird because inside I'm like, well, I don't want to raise a scene in a press screening. <laughs> it's not a scene to like enjoy. If, I mean, I'm, Lord knows I don't like people who like talk at the movie, but like I'm very like, you know, I'm just like, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll even, you know, you know, you might see my hand and be like, what the heck? Like, cause no, I'm, I don't you and I, no you and I 99% of the time sit next to each other in a screening. And you see me. I can't. <laughs> be like this all the time during a screening no, <laughs> like Brian's personality is not while he's watching a movie i'll just tell you that you, <laughs> you would think the way he watches a movie you would think that he is like another critic that we know <laughs> who, i'm uh, a, i'm a milford man i am neither like, seen nor heard while watching a movie <laughs> yeah he just he doesn't look like he's enjoying it like you don't look like you're enjoying some movies that you you come out of it and you're like that was fucking awesome i'm like was it did you? I didn't know you were like I, this the whole time. I had no idea my people's perception of me during a movie. And I'm so happy you brought this up because it's I because just I'm sitting next to you and I'm so like movie. I'm I'm moving around. I feel like I'm like I talk with my hands and I feel like I could like be. I'm quiet. Well, I laugh and. I've I've screamed. I've screamed. You have definitely screams. It's pretty fucking funny to watch yeah. you jump and scream in a yeah. movie. And I let the movie affect me. All right, all right. Here we go. And we're going to talk about it next episode. I am going to try my hardest not to be a stone cold it's okay. watcher in our next screening tomorrow and I'm going <laughs> to just try to be like Holy shit, did you see that? Well, don't talk. Like, or or or, or after everything, I'll just go, aw. Oh God. No, don't do that. I, I could hear her when she did that during Big Hero Six, and I was about to go insane. I went insane. I know. I you blacked did. out, I think. That actually, uh, let me correct myself. The one time I saw Brian reactive during a screening is when I sat next to him during Big Hero Six and there was an annoying person. She was clearly not a press person. Who, who said, ah, every, like, what felt like every five seconds. And Brian <laughs> turned and literally looked at her, hoping she would at least see him. You looked at her just, like, still with his arms crossed, but just looking, kind of hoping that she would, like, recognize that he hears you and is, like, like, it was a very, like, what the fuck are you doing face. But I don't <laughs> think she ever glanced at him. And that's all he did. He didn't say anything, but he looked at her, like that was the only time I've ever seen Brian do that in a movie. Because like, you could tell he was annoyed. I wanted to <laughs> murder her so badly. <laughs> the, the moment the movie was over, the first thing Brian said to me was, 
fuck that girl. <laughs> that was the first. Nothing about the movie. He just said, fuck that girl. <laughs> that was it. I was like, but that movie, though, it was good. That movie was good. Um, yeah, was. That's funny. Fuck, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. While we're watching gross movies. gross movies and if I react or not. <laughs> okay. I guess I don't react. I'm reactless. Um, I'm gonna try my hardest to tomorrow to like be no, reactive. He's, but but to his credit, his he's very reactive. After the movie's over, he's you know he'll talk about it and stuff. It's not like he wasn't. It's I think it's your method. It's just your method of soaking in the movie, which isn't a bad thing. You're right, just, you're right. Really doing that. I hold it all inside until I let yeah, it out. Right. <laughs> okay many oh that was such a great tangent right there i loved it so much <laughs> audience members are like get to your grossest movies i know right get to it we're gonna get to our grossest movies because we have a list we have a yeah. schindler list of gross movies here and <laughs> um so i'm sure we're gonna have some of the same movies maybe but we might have different movies I wrote down like 10, but I, only one really makes me sick, though. Okay, I want to know that. Okay. It's not one you would think. It's just something that like just personally grosses me out. But before we get to that, we got to hear yours, because I've got to tell you if okay. it made me sick or not. Well, I'm going to say excision. What, how, how do you say excision? Excision. excision? excision. Definitely that's in there because I was literally gagging and I had to look away while we were watching that. Right. Yeah. Well, Susan and I watched that together and oh, we watch every blind watch together. And <laughs> it was, it's the first time that Susan is telling me, I think I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Uh -huh. I'm going to throw up. Gonna I'm going to gag. Up. I and really I was so it. hoping for you to do that because I, I feel like I was. would have written the director and like, dude. Mm. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, it was disgusting. Uh, also, recently this year, Bones and All, so gross. Wait, what? That's a love romance story. I, oh. I'll give you the first like scene or There's maybe scene. even the last one, but I didn't find nah, that didn't gross me out. Well, I knew it wouldn't. <laughs> raw, raw grossed me out. Love the movie Raw. I love that movie, but it it's it can gross me out. And yeah, it didn't gross me out. Well, I know, Brian. It was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, I doubt this one's gonna gross you out, but a lot of things about this movie, particularly one scene, Midsommar. I wanted to throw up so badly from him drinking the drink that oh the period beer <laughs> oh, oh oh i th i actually think susan's gonna throw up right no now. i just like that's so gross that is so gross to think it's just like i can picture that like that's so sick and there was like a lot of gross like just that movie made me feel sick that that it's so it's done that midsummer scene is done so well because you don't see it happening you see mm -hmm. like the the tapestry quilt and you see like it sewn in like she's bleeding and then when he has the beard he's looking at it it's like a little redder and you're just like mm -hmm. oh god <laughs> it's happening yes, so yes. happy i'm so happy oh. 
Yeah. Susan just got a little grossed out there. I could see her. Mm-hmm. You y'all can't see her, but she just got a little grossed out. I'm, I have a very weak, like queasy stomach for sure. Oh um, my god! How hostile, can we get you to puke on this podcast? Don't don't try to make me puke. Um, hostile <laughs> is really gross. I actually don't even think I finished it. One or two. One. All right. That's so, the one, which is the one where he's like chopping off the leg and literally like eating it. Okay, so there's that one. I'm trying to remember which one where like the dude chops, like somebody chops off his dick. Ooh. That's in Hostel 1 or 2. Eh, those um, didn't do anything for me. I didn't think it would. Uh, Saw was kind of gross. The first one. I think, at, I, I disagree because I think as they got up in sequels, the grosser they are. Oh, do they get worse and do you think sequels? Well, I think it was Saw 4 or 5. What was that? I remember that one just being... There's a difference between... Like, it didn't make me gag. It didn't make me, like, want to throw up or anything. It just became, like, tougher to watch. Right. Because uh, it became more not about story, but about the torture of it. Because I right. think in part 2 or is it part 3, the one that made me squirm was when she had to put her hands in those boxes full of used needles in the, mm. and then like to get her hand through the box were like razors that if she yeah. put her hands down, it would slice her wrists yeah. and hands. That got me. Um, yeah. uh, cabin fever, just for the scene. Do you remember the scene? The shaving? Like shaving? Shaving? Yeah. yeah. So, you that know, that's disgusting. You know how Eli Roth came up with that, right? No. So, yeah. so Eli Roth directed, well, he did that happened to him. So he has very bad. Um, what's the, what's the skin disease? The psoriasis? No. Psoriasis? Is psoriasis. Like, like the, the real dry skin. The that, yeah. The rashes yeah. and dry skin. He has that really bad. And he did that happen to him. Like when he was just shaving it, like, you know, he was bleeding. And so he was oh. like putting that in the movie. <laughs> gross uh yeah so that is really disgusting um that's a it's like these are scenes that just like haunts me you know like i can always remember it and then it's not a movie but i had to include it because i cannot tell you there's multiple american horror story um seasons that make me physically sick to the point like trevor and i will tend to like watch stuff and eat dinner you know like we'll be like we want to watch this and like if we're watching a show he knows if we're watching American Horror Story, the last couple of seasons, I haven't been able to eat anything with it because it's like, I remember Hotel was really gross this last season. Um, and it's just become very like bloody and gory and gross. American Horror Story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I... It didn't start out that way. Like no, the it did first not. two were fine. The first yeah. three were fine because it was, it was Murder House, Asylum, and then Coven, and mm-hmm. those were fine. It was somewhere after that. that was it the Carnival, the circus one that got pretty? Yeah, bloody? that was gross. I think mm-hmm. Freak Show was season four, right? Okay, I think so. I think, and that—that's where it kind of goes downhill. Um, and then it's like it's like those three. Well, I don't like Murder House, uh, but like Asylum and and Coven is Coven's the best one, and then like Freak Show. I remember, yeah, it was really gross. And then it was like just a bad season. And then hotel, I remember specifically like feeling ill because it was so just bloody and disgusting. Oh my. I don't know. It's just like a mix of 
I feel like it's starting to be, he's very much going for a reaction and it's just, right. Yeah. And that brings up the question. Do you think that these movies that make you sick or like grossed out, do you think there's like an element or an aspect to those movies that make people happy that make the film buffs like, yeah, more of that, more of that. Or do you think it's intentional? I think there's an audience for it that want it. Like, I mean, obviously I want to hear your list, but let me ask you, do you, is that something you go for? Because I feel like you enjoy sometimes, like if it's just like sick and twisted. I think it has to be, it has to be warranted. Like I think if it's gratuitous and not earned, just for the yeah. sake of it, I'm not into it. But like, let's say you're watching a, you know, you know, like that that Winnie the Pooh movie that 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 really dark one that's out right now. Everybody's talking about like if that's I really gory, I, I'm so in for that. You know, like I'm I get it. Like be mm -hmm. gratuitous, be that way. Uh, but if it's something that's just like out of nowhere or something like that, just to be that, I'm not. I, I'm not for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, that makes sense. I. I think there is an audience that just like really enjoys just like people enjoy like crappy horror films. There are people who probably just enjoy like how gross can you get? You know, what what kind of thing can you think? Right. Of? And mostly in horror movies, you're just like, you know, the gore. And I like that. I like the practical effects. I like, you know, like the early Peter Jackson and like even the like the slimy Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. And you're just like, oh, man, look at all that caro syrup. It's drenched in blood. It's fun to me. I mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but when it, when it gets really real uh, and stuff like that, I, I tend to, I get on edge a little bit. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. it just has to, yeah, I agree. But what is your list? Cause I want to know what grosses you out. Okay. So what grosses me out? Okay. So, um, and this is, this this scene still is pretty gross to watch, but definitely Requiem for a Dream. Um, yes, I I want to add that. Yes, I know. Add I that. I mean, Marlon Wayne's arm, just the effects they did on that, and it's just like, oh, bud. <laughs> and then when they put the needle in it, it's just ooh, don't and like the mashed potato. What was that like mashed potato scene or whatever? Like the oh, where what's her name's eating the mashed potatoes with all the um her diet pills maybe well there was something where they were like in a prison and they were stirring the the oh food and then she just yeah yeah that's right yeah that's pretty gross too mm -hmm. uh but requiem for a dream um yeah. there's a movie a french movie that you should all see it's a it's an amazing french film it's called inside and it's a great thriller about a masked killer figure that stalks a pregnant woman in a house and she is very much pregnant uh about to give birth and this killer gets her and uh there is a pair of sewing scissors involved and it is brutal <laughs> that sounds awful so it grossed you out that scene did yes because okay. it's just like very visceral Mm -hmm. first scene like usually you see like somebody stabbing somebody or even a birth scene you never see somebody cut open with a pair of sewing scissors a stomach and take the yeah it's gross yeah. um irreversible one of the best movies ever made by gaspar no 
um, stars Monica Bellalucci and um, Vincent Cassell, uh, French film again. Um, this is the infamous movie that has the real time rape scene. Um, and while it's not like graphic and that it, does, it doesn't show like nudity or penetration or really anything like that, it is in real time. It's like 12 minutes long and there's no cuts. It's just like just on it. And then he proceeds to beat the shit out of her. And that's just very hard to watch. Well, I don't like that. Uh-huh. Irreversible. It's a great movie. Um, audition. Um, audition. A movie by Takashi Miike, Japanese movie that plays out like a romantic comedy until it isn't. Um, the yeah. last 15, 20 minutes of that movie are extremely intense torture mm-hmm. <laughs> of a girl doing this to a guy that she supposedly likes. And it involves needles and eyeballs in the corners of your eyes and mm-hmm. all sorts, all sorts of crazy shit. Uh-huh. Um, think like that movie fresh with Sebastian Stan, how that played out like a romantic comedy. And then got, this is like times 30. No, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say a Serbian film. I have to. Have you seen this? No. All right. A Serbian film is, it's got a great setup. It's basically Uh a retired porn star who um, is called and said his family is kidnapped and that he must do all of these horrific acts of different types of porn stuff in order to get his family safe. And so yeah. they co- they coin a new phrase in the movie at the very end of the movie called newborn porn. Uh-huh. Which is means he has to have sex with a newborn baby. Fuck no. And That's disgusting. It is That's not right. That should be illegal. Well, they don't like sh- they show like the shadow of it happening. Yeah. But it is it is very awful. You could if you type um, in a Serbian film, you will probably see tons of articles about it. <laughs> that's some messed up shit right there. I <laughs> own that movie. Um why? Why would you re-watch that? It's fun to show to people. Oh no. Um Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with Willem Dafoe, the Lars Van Trier's movie about the couple retreating to the middle of the woods because the death of their kid. And them doing depraved sex acts on each other. The scene where he's jerking off with, I'm just going to say that it's blood. It's not good. That's okay. hard, very hard to watch. Um, I'm going to go Salo. Um, well, of course. Salo, uh, specifically the feces scene, it's, uh, they make everybody eat shit. <laughs> it's really? kind of just really gross, like in soup spoons, and then they're just raping each other. Yeah, it's not good. Okay. So but- I have like necromantiques on there too, but it's just sex with dead people. Uh, uh-huh. That's kind of hard to watch. I'll throw in Han- Cannibal Holocaust in there too. Um, but the the one movie that really grosses me out, and I'll tell you why, is not one you would think. It's called Pink Flamingos. Oh, it's I mean, I've heard of it. I've John it. Waters yeah. first big feature film that put him on the map yeah. with Divine. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. There are two scenes in this movie that really gross me out. One mm-hmm. is some point in the middle of the movie. One guy just gets on his back, 
legs up in the air, spreads his asshole open, really gaping it wide so you can see like the red and all the stuff and his asshole starts to like sing and whistle he can do that with his butthole and like the camera is like close up on that and that is i don't like that don't Uh like gaping buttholes where you can see all the way inside sure and the other one is the very very famous scene at the very end of the movie where it's all done in one shot where they're following a dog the dog takes a hot shit on the sidewalk and Divine scoops it up with her hand and eats it. And it it still like makes the lump in my throat and gets me sweaty to watch it because you can see her gag doing it. Mm. Like I almost want Susan to YouTube this right now and no. watch it. <laughs> no. Is, is there a rape scene in that movie too? I mean, is there a rape scene? There's a rape scene with like a chicken. Oh, okay. But like not, but it's not like, it's not like um, irreversible. Like it's all done in schlocky B-movie funniness type of thing. Like it's very mm-hmm. John Waters-y. Um, okay. like irre- but Irreversible is an amazing movie, Susan. Like it's incredible because the movie is like kind of made with no cuts. It's it's kind of made backwards to forwards. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's so good. Um, I actually think you would like that movie. Um, so, but those are the movies that. that I, you would, I trust me, you would, you would, you would be like, that was a good movie. That was very difficult to watch, but that movie's great. Um, yeah, those are the, that's the, those are the movies that do it for me. And, uh, with pink flamingos with the butthole scene and the, and the dog poop scene. I don't know what it is because like with dog poop, you see it in, if you see that in a movie, usually there's like a cut and it's not that, but like, there's no cut here. It actually happened. It's like been talked about. It's like the the lore and it's so gross. Uh, Yeah. It's every time I watch it, I, it's just like, cause you see her gag doing it and it's just like, and it's like right away. So you know, that dog shit is hot as can be <laughs> and you just like you get the smell and you're just like uh the but <laughs> okay okay all right okay, <laughs> okay. i'm trying to that's make susan enough. puke on I know the what show you're trying to do, but that's that's enough now <laughs> I, can i describe it can i describe, describe no it? no more no more we got it we got, we got it. it so that's good to know that you got grossed out by a movie though <laughs> Good, 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 good. <laughs> so, okay. Well, that's disgusting movies. And now we got to talk about the disgusting movie that inspired us with this topic. Um, so this movie is called Ex- Excision. And it is, um, you can watch it on Tubi or you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Um, this movie was made in 2012. And it was directed by Richard Bates Jr., who Richard Bates Jr. is uh, a director that hasn't done like a ton of stuff, but he's done a few things. Uh, his big, the biggest thing is Excision, but he did like Suburban Gothic and Trash Fire. He did Tone Deaf and most recently King Knight. Um, all stuff you probably wouldn't have heard of. But this movie, what a cast! A cast that starred Annalyn McCord, Tracy yeah. Lords, a very young Ariel Winter, which of course is the uh, middle child in Modern Family, um, Jeremy Sumter, 
Malcolm McDowell. Yes, the Droog himself from Clockwork Orange. Marley Maitland out of nowhere. Satan himself, Ray Wise. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the Pink Flamingo himself, John Waters. Um, What a hell of a movie. And so to give you kind of like a log line for the movie, it follows a really weird family with two sisters. Um, one sister named Pauline, played by Annalyn McCord. She's just a little bit off in high school. Uh, and she is having dreams and these hallucinations of sex with dead people, sex with lots of blood, sex with abortions, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, it kind of plays out not in anybody's favor in this movie. Um, and that's kind of a log line there of her exploring. I mean, I guess you can call this coming of age down of its core because it is her exploring her sexuality, even how depraved and weird it is because this goes beyond kink and fetish style um, into something more. But yeah, this movie came out in January 21st, 2012. I was, was I 30, 31? This is 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So I was that old. Um, I don't remember. I never saw this. Uh, it's from Anchor Bay. And yeah. So going into this movie, um, why I picked it, I was looking for something because we have kind of been watching a lot of romantic comedies and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> we need a change. You know, I'm doing of The course. Bachelor. I'm doing all this. Let's 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 spice it up a little, Susan. And so uh, I'm- your last blind watch, the whatever with Zoe Kravitz. That wasn't really a love story or anything. No, but that was good. It was a thriller. It was. I liked it. I liked, I liked it. it too. And so I was looking for something. I was like, what is good? What have I not seen? And so I came across this movie, Excision. And I was like, hey, it's got like 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. And I was like, let's do this. And not knowing really anything about it. Because like when I see it, when I see something, I'm just like, look to see like, is it, did it get good reviews or did it not? And like, I don't look anything in, about it until I watch it. So I said, excision, let's do it. I think I sent it to Susan and I think we were both excited about it. I think we we're both like, okay, it's got a good cast. Yeah. This is like, looks cool. So the question to Susan is, were you excited to watch this while you were watching it? What did you think? And when you came out of it in a sentence or two, what did you think? Um, I was excited to watch it when I saw it. I was like, oh yeah, this looks like it'd be like a fun, I, you know, the cast was good. I thought Annalyn Cord is just funny because I usually, the things I've seen her in, I usually am always like, man, she's so beautiful. That's usually what I'm thinking because I think she has a very unique, beautiful look to her, but they... She was not beautiful to me in this movie, not even because they like dressed her down. I hated her character so much. Um, but I, you know, as I was watching it, I was grossed out. I was feeling like this movie was taking forever. I hated so much of what happened. And then when it was over, I was like, motherfucker, this sucks. <laughs> like, I hated that so much. <laughs> I had a different reaction to it. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I was say you loved it. <laughs> did I say I loved it? No, I thought you were about to say. Oh, it. okay. No, no, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I did enjoy it. It is visually, man. That movie visually is great. Like they, the sh- the the cinematography on that during the dream sequences, all like the white backgrounds with the red blood, how they filmed it, like overhead. 
uh, I actually really liked how they feel. They shot it. Um, me going in, I was excited. Me going through the movie, I, I must admit, I did really enjoy watching it with Susan because of how grossed out she was. She's just a great audience partner for that. <laughs> There's like some really gross. Like I, for me, I think the the baby. I didn't think that was necessary. Like, there, yes, really right. There's a lot of really bad. gross things in this movie and me watching mm -hmm. that i'm like oh they're really getting into it because sometimes a lot of movies will like play it safe and like they'll be too scared to really get in there and this movie this movie ain't scared mm -hmm. this movie doesn't shy away from any of the grossness uh and so i'm watching it and it's it's 81 minutes and it there's a couple scenes like, you know, you could tell like, okay, there's filler dialogue here, but it doesn't, it doesn't go by slow by any means, at least to me, because I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not like just grossed out waiting for it to end. I'm just, I want to see where this goes because this character, Annalyn McCord, who Susan says she did not like, and yeah, she's not really a likable character. Almost nobody is a likable character in this movie, except for Ariel Winter and kind of dad. Yeah. That's the sister. Yeah. And the then sister. the dad uh, who's kind of stereotypical dad who's just like only interested in the newspaper and it's like only speaks up when he's asked to. Um, yeah. And mostly that's because of the mother played by Tracy Lord, who's just a hateful bitch in this movie to almost everybody. Yeah, she sucks. Uh, everybody's kind of an asshole in this movie. And so it's kind of like, who are we rooting for? And you're wanting to root for Annalyn McCord because clearly there's something wrong with her. And it's obvious that she loves her sister and yeah. her sister, Ariel Winter, in the movie has a condition that is she needs like a lung transplant, basically. Mm -hmm. She has, was it cystic? Cystic, fibr cystic fibrosis. Yeah. So she's doing these things. And then meanwhile, she's having this coming of age sexual awakening where you see her dreaming about having sex with dead people. You see her dreaming about touching herself while having an abortion and having like the actual bloody baby come out and all of this stuff. And this kind of culminates into a scene where she goes to a guy at school and is like, we're going to have sex. And the sex scene was, oh, that was so gross. Right. And so she wanted to have sex on her period and <laughs> you can yeah, imagine let's how leave that... the rest let's let's uh, right there is blood spoil. the shining yes. uh and it's she loves it he gets very scared uh mm -hmm. as would be but how this movie kind of ends is very unexpected to me i did not yeah. expect this to happen uh because as the movie goes on you see her start to say things and dream about like surgeries and performing surgeries and getting off on that. And you start slowly start to see like the mother who's been like a bitch through the whole movie, like actually really care about her daughters and like, mm -hmm. in a in her own strange way. And now you're at a point where like the finale is happening and it's just like, wait, huh why is this happening and then it abruptly ends and i think the ending is mm, yes i i really liked it because it did show the very minuscule accountability of what happened uh with what happened and we'll, we're, we're gonna spoil it for you spoilers uh susan what happened oh we are spoiling it yeah 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 this movie's been out oh. for more than 10 years 
Okay. Well, yeah. So, which I, I didn't like the ending probably because I was just like, what we're going there. I mean, I know they were building up to her having a delusional like thing of wanting to be a doctor, but she decides she's going to give her sister a lung transplant and save her sister by drugging, whatever, chloroforming mm. the bitchy next door neighbor and her own sister and putting them on um like tables or whatever in the garage in their garage they're clearly already dead they're very much already dead girls because she's whatever she's gotten them asleep but probably the moment she cut them open they bled out probably so they look dead on the table uh because you need anesthesia <laughs> to do that stuff she has no anesthesia she literally just put them to sleep and cut them open so she doesn't she doesn't really understand how you do surgery um and they're yeah so they're clearly dead but she switches she takes out the neighbor's lung and puts it in her sister's stomach wherever she put it and she sees that clearly it didn't work and her mom comes in and freaks out and then there's a moment with her mom she's hugging and she looks like she's crying because she's probably put two and two together that she just killed her sister too that the one person in the whole movie who's been good to her yeah and that's what like i'm just like that i didn't like that i mean i i get it for sure like i'm not saying it's like un like it's not bad story-wise but it just and then it abruptly ends i just and that was the whole point because the whole movie she's been talking to people like i you know, you're making me this way. I, I'm not to blame here. I'm, I am the way I am and I like it. And mm -hmm. at that end scene, when she wants to, when her mom comes in freaking out that she killed the sister, she's like laughing, like she's laughing. She's like, look what I did. I saved the sister. And clearly she's having an, a delusional meltdown. And then as the camera is like showing, like in the blurry background, the dead body and the mother and the daughter embracing as Annalyn McCord's character is laughing, she just she transitions into like a horrible crying and sobbing. And like at that moment, it ends like pitch cut to credits, uh, cut to black. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man, that's awful. And it like just no, it doesn't end well for anybody in this movie. Yeah. Uh and what's the point of this movie? I don't That's really know. The thing. That's that was my thing. It's like, what was the point of all this? Well, I can't believe I went through all that for that ending. Like, I just was, it didn't feel, just didn't feel worth it. I just felt very, like, once I was done, I was like, mm, that was just a miserable experience. Like, I didn't enjoy any of that. Well, I, I mean, it's, it just... right. It's, I mean, I think that part of it is like the adolescence coming of age sexual awakening and in a really gross way um that hasn't been really done before uh but i don't know if they really knew how to and like i mm. i feel like they didn't focus on that see that ending leads to now it's back to like to me it should have focused more on the sexual stuff because i think that's where it was headed and ended more with that kind of thing instead of just abruptly making her be like a surgeon because i everything was so sexual and then to go to this and just like, I'm going to do the lung transplant and and then just end, I just feel like, I don't feel like it was, I guess that's my thing. I don't feel like that was the right ending for this movie. I think that's what I felt. Right. You almost want ending. like a, you want the shocking ending, but you also kind of want like, okay, did, was, 
was she put away? Is she in therapy? Is she in a home now, like getting better? Or did the mother kill the father? And like, (laughs) those two are like living together now, like the the, the mother daughter aspect, like what, what's happening? Right. I just feel like that just, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I, and I, and I can respect, like, even if I didn't like the story, I didn't like the thing I could have respected an ending that made sense to me. I don't think that we, I don't think the story was correctly headed that way. Like I I think it felt too abrupt. It felt too random that that's what happened. Right. It was, it was, it was a misdirect, I think, because I didn't expect Mm -hmm. that to happen either. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, we're going there because this whole time has been about your like sexual awakening, wanting to be like, like I thought we were just going, she wanted to not be a virgin anymore. She wanted to like orgasm. She like, I thought it was more about that, but with like, I thought honestly we were going to end with her having sex with a dead body or something like that. Right. That seemed like we were getting towards that, not what we got. Not what we got. Correct. Cause it, it really plays into like the fantasies of, you know, necrophilia and yeah. blood and organs and stuff like that. And you can see like, while that is a kink to a way what, what she was dreaming and all that, it just was off. You're like, okay, she's a little off. She's uh, something's gonna happen. But then, what did happen? Her wanting to save her sister by supposedly being a surgeon without any training. Who? Uh, it, it didn't work. It should yeah. have been something else. It should have been another. Go stick with what you were like teasing to us the whole time. Otherwise, you're that shouldn't have. It should have been. It shouldn't have been a bunch of like sex stuff in the beginning. It should have been more that she was fantasizing that she was going to be this amazing doctor and just like stick with that. Right, right. So, I mean, can we recommend this movie? I mean, this movie is gross. Like it, the yeah. scenes with blood and guts and all that. It goes all the way. And if you're into that, you're gonna love it. Um, mm-hmm. Annalyn McCord, Tracy Lords, Ariel Winter, Jeremy Sumter, Malcolm McDowell, Marley Maitland, Ray Wise, John Waters. Like all these people said yes to this movie and it's fun to see him in it. Uh, I would say if you're into this type of movie, it's nothing like you'll ever see. Give it a watch. It's 80 minutes. It is so short. Um, That's my thing because I guess it is gross. It is nasty. That's that that is that is the forewarning. But I think it's a recommendation for those who can stomach it and who like that. It's not for everybody. I would say don't do it, but I mean Brian's not not wrong. If you if you're into it, you might get a kick out of that. Um I I truly think there are better like, you know, one of my movies was raw at, on my gross list. Even though it grossed me out, I love that movie. It was in my but, top ten that year. Yeah, but great raw. Story. Yeah, that was raw. Is like yeah, definitely in the top. That's one of the better movies ever. Raw is an right. amazing movie. This it's is not great. raw whatsoever. This is not. I'm just saying, like, if you, for me, it's such a grotesque film. Like, I mean, this is, and that is a goal of this movie to be gross. Like, there's no way this deck di- director was like, I want to gross the audience out. Right, by having like big white rooms and bloody blood, yeah, all of that, yeah, disgusting things. Oh my god! And so, I just, I don't know, I just, I I say, don't, I don't recommend it, but what Brian said isn't wrong either. Not wrong, not wrong. Um, so yeah, that is our blind watch. I imagine Mm -hmm. our next blind watch picked by Susan is going to be the complete opposite. Maybe she'll surprise me, maybe we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. 
I might pick a horror, but just something not like disgusting. I was actually in a mood afterwards. I was in the mood for a good horror. Okay. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're coming to the end of our show with honorable mentions. What are we watching? We have to talk about it. We've talked about it. I reviewed it. Susan's reviewed it. We have to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Ant-Man 3. Susan and I sat next to each other um, watching this movie. And uh, we got to talk about Ant-Man 3. Do we recommend it? Do we not? Yeah. Um, I have it on my recommendation. My review, uh, I basically said, like, it's not the best. It's on the lower end of the MCU movies. Uh, But I think it was fun. I personally prefer Ant-Man in the real world versus like the quantum realm. That's not my favorite setting for him, but I still had, I still had fun with it. I think Paul Rudd is just a great character. Like he does a great job as Ant-Man. He's a funny actor. Um, But if you go in with low expectations and just let yourself enjoy the visuals and the one-liners, then you might have a good time. So I, I really didn't. Oh, I like Kang too. I don't know. I think he should get more praise because I think he was a really great villain and I'm interested to see how he's going to evolve throughout the franchise. So, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it enough. I, I, I did not. I, I believe I said, I did not like that movie when I let, when I, when the movie ended, when I unfolded you, my arms from sitting there, well, you said one, one and a half stars out of five. Is that still the case? That is still the case. Okay. Okay. One, one and a half stars out of five. I heard Brian chuckle a few times. I thought he was going to like it more, but I guess those were pity chuckles. I don't know. <laughs> chuckles like the first five minutes in San Francisco were funny. They were uh, but after that, this movie's just not the, in Marvel movies, I know there are Marvel fans out there that were like it no matter what. It's kind of getting like Star Wars. It's kind of getting like the Snyderverse. No, give us something better than this. Um, I like Paul Rudd a lot. I like his Ant-Man mm-hmm. character here. It was not good. Everybody turned up and they phoned it in. Everybody. Except, oh, for, ex- except for Jonathan Majors as Kang. Although Jonathan Majors in Kang... He was the only one showing up, so it just didn't fit. Also, I don't think people weren't showing up. Nobody showed up for that movie. No, they didn't watch it again. I did not believe anybody in that role, even Paul Rudd, who I love. He just was, it was just like, oh, we're doing this again. Great. Um, There was no emotional heft with me in this movie. I thought his daughter Cassie was terrible. Um, I thought, she's, was, was, awful uh and with kang being the new villain who marvel is billing as the new thanos for multiple movies there's even an avengers movie called the kang dynasty now Mm -hmm. um having him get defeated by a teenage girl who does not know how to be a superhero or fight and a little bit of ant-man who again has been in a fight but is not like a hero per se like captain america easily take out Kang uh, was pretty terrible. Um, I thought that was dumb. And I think the best part of the movie they didn't focus on, but for like a minute, which was uh, the sub storyline 
of how the ants also got sucked into the quantum realm and became super genius ants. And Mm -hmm. that came back to pay off in a pretty great way, but it's just like, was so underused. I was like, this is the story guys, not multiverses and multiple universes in the quantum realm. And, um, Michelle Pfeiffer hiding a secret and this is all stupid to me. And visually, I mean, Peyton Reed, who directed this, directed the first two movies. He also directed um, Bring It On. Um, He is good in his wheelhouse. A big action Marvel blockbuster is not his wheelhouse. Ant-Man 1 and 2 are the side story filler comedy movies that we need. Heist movies and fun. A big budget blockbuster movie, which is MCU's probably said, hey, y'all did so well with Ant-Man 1 and 2. We're going to give you a big budget blockbuster movie. Oh, but while you're at it, make it like Star Wars and make it like Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) And Peyton Reed, just not the guy for that. He's not as talented as James Gunn or um, uh, John Favreau. So you can blatantly see like, oh man, they're really going for it here. And it just fell flat, all fell flat. Um, And just like after Endgame, only Spider-Man No Way Home is probably the only one worth seeing. Um, I will say Doctor Strange 2 was fun for Sam Raimi horror aspect to it, but it's not a good movie. Um. Hopefully, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be great. Uh, I'm really hoping. I, I agree that since Endgame, it's really just been Spider-Man No Way Home. That's been honestly like on that level, the level of what Marvel was before Endgame. Uh, everything else has been I just kind of, it has it, it has its entertaining moments for me. I don't think anything has been like, oh my God, that's terrible. But it's been kind of like, they should have just stopped. They should have taken a break after Spider-Man No Way Home and let us breathe and then do Guardians 3. Because these other movies that since then have been very like, I I don't know. It just no. forced, forced. Forced and boring and dumb and who cares? And we talked right. about this on our show. It is yeah. over flooded. The market is flooded. Give us don't need it. a Give year us- or two. <laughs> Let us miss it. My God, come on. Right. So, and do better with your Marvel movies. Just because you're a Marvel movie doesn't mean it's good. So there give was us a time some. where these movies, like one of them came out a year. Now they're just like, let's crank them out. Money, yeah. money, money. And it's like, okay, is it worth it though? If the quality of your film is going to go down, it's just not. So uh, I hope Guardians 3 is good because that's what I said in my review was that uh it's best at this point it's best to just hold out hope for guardians three so right yeah I, I'm, I'm hoping i have faith because james gunn really hasn't done anything bad he does his characters well he loves them they have their quirkiness i'm here for it and i swear to god if he makes me cry and he kills off multiple people i'm gonna be so upset but i get it and i did i did enjoy that christmas special the guardian chris it's good right it's yeah, so it good. Yeah, it's great. Like so uh, here's hoping Ant-Man three. Okay. What else is on our, on our list, on our honorable mention list? 
I don't have a whole lot because I the only thing I saw last week was Ant-Man 3. I'm trying to think because I know I, I already said my like rom-coms I pretty much watched. I've been re-watching Parks and Rec with Trevor. And I feel like I already said that. Um, and I, oh, I know. I'm watching you season four. That's okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Do you watch I, it? I know. I haven't seen it. I need to watch it. Like any of it? Any of it. Oh, you would like the first season. I think the first season was great. I wasn't a fan of second. Loved season three. And this one is jury still out. Not my favorite so far. Uh, but I'm, I'm see how the last five ends. But I do enjoy. He's very much a Dexter-like character. Except for I feel like Dexter, it's more forgiving. Because he was murdering, um, you know, serial killers and stuff. So this is kind of like, he's kind of got more selfish reasons for the people he kills. But they make you like him, which isn't a good thing. But still, okay, I'll give that a shot. I'll give I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm still watching Poker Face, which is unbelievably great. Um, that show is awesome. Go watch Poker Face on Peacock. I finished every episode of Shrinking on Apple TV Plus with Jason Segel and Harrison Ford. Um, that show is be good, right? Yeah, that show is done by Bill Lawrence, which did Scrubs. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. there are a couple people from Scrubs in the show, um, and that show has a very similar vibe—not in the silly comedy bit, but like in the feel goodiness of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's so good. Ten episodes, first season. It's so good. Um, I think the public, whoever you are listening to this podcast, you're about to get your sixth episode. I've seen every episode all 10 episodes and it is fantastic. Great acting, great storyline. It's wonderful. Uh, Shrinking on Apple TV plus, Mm -hmm. please do it. Um, Also, what am I watching? What else is on there? You have a days and confused 4k. Oh yeah. The days and confused 4k. So days confused Blu-ray criterion came out several years ago. They just released it in 4k, a brand new transfer video wise. It looks amazing got a warmer feel to it all the bonus features from the last one all your your fold out poster your booklet um same audio but yeah if you're looking for a good time in 4k it's i think it's the best the movie has looked thus far and it's one of the best movies ever uh i do have to add that i finished um fleischman fleischman oh (laughs) depressing as fuck right I liked it. I, I like. Wait, what? Danny. Did I you mean, do you like Claire Danes at all in that show? Like, oh my god, she screwed no, him over. But, no, she sucked. But when we saw her point of view, I think they were trying. I thought they did something that was kind of unique there because I absolutely hated her. Um, and I still think Fleischman is the one who's like good character. You know, he is trying to be great, but at the same time, I think they showed a point of view of like you know, it's not always just, we're obviously going to side with the lead character. So I like that we got to see what she was going through. Yeah. We saw her take and we saw um, his his best friend's take and stuff like that too. So yeah. And it's not like she's still like guilty of some stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I did feel for her because she was having a mental breakdown and, you know, I think it's a lot about mental health and she was overworking herself. She was trying to be this super, businesswoman but also raised two kids 
And it was a lot for her because of how much work she took on. And you could see that she didn't really, I mean, I don't think she cheated on her husband. Only she, she did have an affair. She never cheated on her husband, but she did have an affair with a married man. So that's still not great. But it's like, I did think that was interesting to see because I, I do, they, they made me feel like she did, because they show it's like she didn't really want to get a divorce. Like it's like it was it was him who finally like said it. And it, like and from her perspective, she was kind of like crap. Like so, I just I thought that was interesting. I mean, she still like obviously it was difficult. Well, because well because she was putting herself and her career over family, the kids, right. and him, and like that's not was, sustainable. No, no, and that wasn't right. But I mean. I don't know. I just kind of had like empathy for her. And I mean, it made me by the end of it kind of want them to get back together, like work it out, which is, I never thought I would get like that because I feel like we saw different, I, I had a more understanding of her and clearly he really loved her. Oh no, like, he really was, did. I'm glad they didn't get back together. I was like, that's not well, good. They left it open-ended. They did back. leave it open-ended and they did it. Um, what's it called? The, um, the Kramer versus Kramer ending. Have you seen Kramer versus Kramer with Meryl Streep? So it's mm -hmm. Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman. They're a couple. They have a kid. Um, and she just up and leaves him, like doesn't say anything. Like, I think she leaves a note. She's like, I have left to do my career and just like ups and leave. And they, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. And so it has that movie happens in the end. It's kind of a similar situation where they're both in court and they, both get in the elevator together with like that open ended, like, oh, maybe there can build something. It's a yeah. great movie, Susan Kramer versus Kramer, but I, it, it was kind of that feel to it. Sure, sure. Because yeah, they do have kids and you want them to like be civil and yeah. work together at least for that and maybe for their own psyche. But yeah, it's, uh, oh man, that was, it's a depressing show because it's just how many relationships have done that, you know? No, it was depressing, but I guess I appreciate the realism. Um, I think it was very realistic. And uh, I think if anything, I was actually most frustrated with, um, the, like you said, the that best friend character when we got, I was, I wanted to shake her because I was like, dude, your husband is awesome. Is such a good dude. It is awesome. And yeah. I don't know how you can't. I'm like, this is on you, chick. Like you, there's like, there is no, even from seeing her point of view, I was like, nope, I don't, I'm getting frustrated with you. And you so, and I probably bonded with her in a way that she was a writer. She was a, she was a writer. Yeah. She was writing. And she, that's, I mean, even though you and I don't look at the world, like we hate the world, we hate everything in it. We yeah. you know we're uh, pessimistic about everything, but like being the writer and wanting to write stuff like that, I, I, you you're like, oh, I like I, this girl, but yeah. I did. And I had, I did have a little bit of empathy, like for her. See, for me, if you're, if I don't know, I it didn't, I didn't get the vibe that her husband told her you can't work anymore. I didn't get that vibe. I feel like she chose to go ahead and give up working to raise her family. Right. So right. that's what I got. So I'm like, that's cool. I respect anyone who does that. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't like start resenting people around you or anything like, and then like, then make it happen. Work and raise a family. You, a lot of women do it. There's nothing wrong. So it's either, but the reason it was clearly she was acting this way because she was starting to want like a more exciting life and miss working and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well then do it. Don't act like, like a 
fucking bitch. Like, I don't know. You're just, you're sucking right now as a person. So. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I get it. No, it, it was a good show. It, I thought it was depressing, but it's so well acted. And it's one of my yeah. favorite Jesse Eisenberg things he's done. So it's my favorite performance of his. Yeah. I don't think really I've good. ever liked him as more than I did in this role. I did like him. And my, uh, my longtime crush Adam Brody's in it. So that's always he great. sure he's is. Great. He's great in it. Um, he's great. So, stuff. Exactly. So Susan, you're going to love it. You have to do shrinking. It's on your Apple TV oh, plus yeah. it. They're 25 minute episodes. Seriously. Is it, is it a mini series? I, th- I think there'll be a second season, but they haven't announced it yet, but it's 10 episodes. Seriously. Watch the first you'll breeze white through it. And it is amazing. You're going to love it. Cause it, it feels it's like, my thing. yeah, it, it feels like scrubs and it feels like Ted Lasso that, that feel good happiness. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You're going to love it. Please watch it. Okay. Maybe. May okay, maybe I can't <laughs> give it enough praise. You need to watch it. Just like what? Well, I'm weird about the. I know you're there. weird about it, but all episodes are out. All ten episodes are out in your thing. So then I'm gonna have to wait like five years for season two. That's what's gonna happen. Like a year. Uh, so just like what I do is like I watch the first episode and I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. Let's watch the next one. Oh, it's it's so great. Oh yeah, I love it. So yeah, we watch it. Do mm-hmm. it. You're gonna you're gonna thank me. You'll be like, that's so good. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is No BS Podcast with Brian and Susan. Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, we'll be back next episode uh, with more Bachelor, more Blind Watches, more main events and honorable mentions. Susan, call me up, Stevens. You can find her at this chicksflicks.com where she's reviewing all the movies. You can find her at Irving Community Television where she's doing the movie reviews, where she's interviewing all of them celebrities check it out and you can also see her coming up in march on wfaa channel 8 in dallas talking about cinema <laughs> and then you can find her at this chicks flicks susan kamyab on twitter and instagram and youtube check her out thanks yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm brian kluger highdefdigest.com i'm writing movie reviews i'm writing blu-ray reviews uh youtube Instagram, Twitter, Brian Kluger, type me in. You'll find me. We'll be back next time. Bye.